struggle. Uh, we started um, when there was a new coal plant proposed, the Spruce 2. We used to meet out in China Grove, right by the coal plant. And the mayor of China Grove, Dennis Dunk, was actually very concerned about the pollution. And T.C. Calvert and Neighborhoods First Alliance were joining us. And we would meet out there in the fire station and, and plot what we were going to do. And we just started making noise, doing press conferences, um, talking to CPS every chance we could, and doing everything we could in our, in our power to move forward. Uh, T.C. Calvert had coined the term Dirty Dealy and had uh, Neighborhoods First Alliance people out marching uh, because of climate change decades ago now. <laughs> and they were aware of what was going on. And we teamed up, and we said, this isn't going to work. Well, finally there came um, the hearing, the contested case hearing on this coal plant. And it was really challenging. This was new for us, and nobody had any money. Uh, we didn't have funding to fight coal plants. We just had to do it. It's like time to dig in. And so we did. And several groups got involved and got attorneys best we could. And we went into this contested case hearing. Seed Coalition did not have an attorney, but I was so mad about the mercury that this plant would put out. And the mercury getting into fish and contaminating people and causing brain damage in children. This is wrong. And so I said, okay, I'm not an attorney. I don't know how to do this. But I looked at what a legal document looks like, and I said, okay, I'm going to make it match that. And I wrote one. <laughs> and I went one way. So I encourage you to never let what you don't know stop you. And, and never forget the power of saying no, because it was an absolute no. We don't want this. Well, we went into the hearing, and unfortunately, the other organizations being represented, um, Enrique was involved, representing Jefferson Heights Neighborhood Association. And uh, David Frederick was representing environmental defense, if I've got that right, and uh, public citizen was in the case. But the judge knocked out all of those groups. And that left me, a non-attorney, which was a little bit daunting. <laughs> so so um, uh, with Jefferson Heights Neighborhood Association, Charles English, we sat at the table and negotiated best we could and got whatever we could to try to uh, work with the community. Meantime, outside of the hearings, we were also working with community members, with council, best we could. Um, CPS Energy was not opening their doors. We would have to fight to get into their meetings, even when we were on the schedule to present. They would try to block us from coming in. Um, so <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, so eventually, um, we were meeting with Congressman Cyril Rodriguez and he made a huge, huge difference. And together, collectively, with people working together, we were able to get massive reductions in the pollutants at that site. The Calavera site came down 90% on mercury pollution, even with the new unit. It was not ideal. We didn't want Spruce 2 built, but we brought that pollution down. Along the way, I would have to say that we were not um, practicing being nice. Um, <laughs> it was really, we were mad. And I think it was justified, and it is today too. 
And one of the things that we did was we sat with T.C. Calvert and his good friend Tony, who is a rehab counselor, and we got a little silly one night, and we said, you know, CPS Energy has a problem. They can't see renewable energy. They don't believe in it. They, they're addicted to coal. They're addicted to the rock, is what we decided. And so then we got a little bit snarky, and we you know, had an artist draw up this little image of CPS addicted to the rock, and this was actually three of their employees. <laughs> and they're, they're real people. Um, <laughs> so we said, we're just mad. So then we um, decided to flesh out the 12-step program we wanted for them because they needed to recover. And so we uh, said they needed to turn to a higher power, which was the sun. Okay, how about the sun? And how about the wind? <laughs> so, so we told them that's what we want. And we developed it. It was a real 12-step program. We said we got to tell them what we want. Not just what we don't want, but here's what we want. And it made a huge difference. And eventually they got started on the path to energy efficiency to renewable energy, especially wind and some solar at that time, and it put them on the right path. And it forced them over time, they were tired of having protesters and having uh, negative press conferences. All this is before we went into the battle over the nuclear reactor. And so they didn't like it. Um, eventually, um, all of this led to the fact that they were willing to sit down and talk with us because it was better than having um, a, a lawsuit or protesters on their doorstep. Now, the nuclear um, battle involved many, many more people who came in. I want to mention a few of their names. Uh, Jolene Garcia, Amanda Haas, Marisol Cortez. Greg Harmon was writing up a storm, beautiful writing. Um, I know I'm forgetting some. <laughs> uh, Diana Lopez and the Southwest workers were just amazing. They were turning out people and we were parading up and down in front of um, and Alice Canistero Garcia. <laughs> and Energy and Mia formed. Genevieve Rodriguez. Genevieve Rodriguez, absolutely. Uh, Mar uh, Graciela Sanchez. Um, Loretta Van Kopenhaal, Russell and Karen, uh, Jerry Morrissey and, and all a lot of the people in this room, Wendy Sinkin, Bill Sinkin, with their solar work. So many people. Yeah. <laughs> raise your hand, Darby. Uh, raise your hand, those of you who are in on this. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> so, with Energy and Neo, we had to go to meetings in every single district that CPS Energy had, and in every single district, we were shutting them down. They didn't like it. Before it was all over, we had Arjun Makajani doing reports for our little nonprofit that were what CPS Energy should have done for the community. And we did it, and we put it out there. We gave it to all the officials and said, this is what this nuclear reactor will cost you. It's billions. It's way high. And they're lying to you about the price, and you're about to have rate hikes for years and years and years to come. We need to know the real cost. We said it would be. Um, 17.9 billion at the top. It was 18.2 in the end. And they were, <laughs> they were busy still thinking it could be 6 or 12. It's like, no way. 
And so anyway, we fought it, and Julian Castro came through and got um, San Antonio to have lesser involvement. That helped kill the project. Those reactors are never going to get built. They got licensed, but they are never going to get built. And that is a massive victory that we can all claim. Our campaign, we, again, we have to say what you want as well as what you don't want, and we were saying nuclear no, solar C, and that's what we want. We know about Thank you very much, Karen. You know, I don't remember how I met Karen. I've, I've, uh, I grew up in San Antonio, I left, I came back, I left, I came back, and often when I was here, I was very active. And I, I don't remember how I met you, but I remember we got connected somehow, and we were working to try to, uh, on the coal plant issue, and Karen said, you know what, and so she was up in Austin, I was here in San Antonio, and she said, you know what, I'm really concerned about the mercury content, that the, the mercury that's coming out of there. And she said, you know, one way we can test that is if we catch a fish in Calaveras Lake and then put it on ice and bring it up to Austin. And she gave me the phone number and the address of a, sci a scientist at the University of Texas. Um, and the only problem was I'm not a very good fisherman. And, but I know people who are. So I called my brother and his best friend. And those guys are serious about fishing. And so I got them together and I said, we're gonna go, we're gonna go catch some fish on Calabatus Lake, and then I'm gonna put one on ice and I'm gonna drive to Austin. You guys can stay and fish, do whatever you want. So we were all set up, we go, we drive down to Calabatus Lake, we get there, and there are dead fish everywhere. Small fish, medium fish, big fish, adult fish, they had all died. It was a mass dive. It was like a fish holocaust. I don't know why they died, but they were all dead, and we didn't have an opportunity to catch any fish. And I'll, I'll never remember that. I mean, I'll never forget that scene. Um, but another person that I met, well, while I was here a long time ago, and I don't remember how I met him either, was Enrique Valdivia. And Enrique uh, is, has been a long time attorney with the Texas Rio Grande Legal Aid. He's also uh, been uh, a lot of ours representative for a long time on the Edwards Aquifer Authority. And when I met Enrique, he said, come on, we're gonna fight the PGA Golf Village and we're gonna go get signatures. And so he took me somewhere and we, uh, in a public area and we, we uh, got out ironing boards and uh, we just you know, collected signatures. And I remember that's, that's my first memory of Enrique Valdivia, but I wanna call him up here so he can speak a little bit about some of his experiences as well. Thanks, Mario. Actually, I do remember meeting uh, you. You called me up, and we were in the middle of a PGA Village petition drive. And um, we got together and brainstormed for an ad we wanted to put out in the San Antonio Current, because at the time it was looking kind of like we might not get enough signatures to, to put PGA on the, on the ballot. So we've got to run an ad, kind of get stir up interest. It was actually Mario's idea for the ad, which was a tremendous success. It, some, some children in like a waiting pool looking at the camera and uh, one of them uh, making eye contact and said, is our water for sale? And it was a very powerful message and uh, volunteers started streaming in the doors. We got the signatures and I think, you know, Mario, you deserve the credit for that because I, I think you really jump-started our campaign. Um, my involvement in dealing was uh, 1997, like 21 years ago. Um, 
and I don't remember exactly why I was at the, I was at the Alamo Area Council of Government building, I was in the hallway, and I saw this guy dressed as a smokestack in the hallway, waiting to get in to, to address uh, ACOP. And it was uh, Peter Altman, who, is, uh, who was uh, Karen's predecessor at the Seed Coalition. So Peter, I don't think Peter fits in that smokestack. <laughs> That was that was way back when he and, and he started the, the ball rolling for me. He got he introduced me to the issue of coal-fired power in San Antonio and the need to retire Dealey in particular because the Dealey and Spruce were, were grandfathered from the, the Clean Air Act, so they were allowed to spew uh, much more toxic. Uh, uh, Smoke and, and, and product into the air than, than a new than a new plant would have to. So you know they they had they had the, the green light to pollute for as long as they keep those plants open, and that was what made it so important to to retire Dealey in particular because it was the dirtiest of the two. Um, so that was '97. What I what, it, what I did was uh, I applied for a grant uh, from EPA. Uh, at the time, and uh, we were uh, in collaboration with the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center, Graciela Sanchez and Jen Simmons, who was uh, working there at the time. Uh, they uh, they helped us form the Esperanza Environmental Justice Project, and that that project actually uh, created a, a partnership, a collaboration uh, among all the different people and groups that you heard about today. T.C. Gallagher, Neighborhoods First Alliance, uh, recently deceased, fairly recently deceased, uh, Robert Dawson, another Eastside activist, and his group, the San Antonio Coalition for Environmental and Economic Justice, um, the Esperanza Center. And um, it, was, it was a really beautiful thing to see all these people come together who had been organizing on different issues affecting their community, uh, but were coming around and focusing on the need to retire people, which wasn't necessarily something that was, you know, first and foremost on, on their agenda when they're, when they're thinking about how to improve their neighborhood. But Dealey is just uh, downwind from the east side, and the emissions from that plant had a major impact first on the east side. And so it was making that known in the community really helped as, as, uh, organize support for what eventually became, you know, the retired Dealey, bye-bye Dealey effort. Um, and I just want to, I'll close with it. This is kind of an interesting thing to me when I think about it now, when I think about Dealey uh, finally being closed down. Um, because of the EPA grant, the federal grant, uh, the Alamo Area Council of Government has this intergovernmental review role. They, they kind of oversee what federal money, what federal projects are, are being funded uh, in their area. So I had to, in order to get the money, I had to show that I'd gone to ACOG, told them what I was going to do, you know, and, and asked them for a favorable recommendation. Well, these people were all in favor of keeping Dealey open forever, you know, they were they're on the side of the polluters. And I remember one, one gentleman in particular, he said, you're never gonna close Dealey. Well, he was wrong, 20 years later.
was Smokey Joe Fulton. <laughs> and uh, I also, I wanted to add just a moment to what I said earlier. I wanted to thank Tom Smith Smith, who was um, in San Antonio a lot of the time uh, during this work, and certainly advising a whole lot of the time. And also Karen Seal. Karen, are you handy? Um, Karen, uh, yeah, stand up for a minute. Karen, can everybody give her a hand? In, in uh, 2010, Karen Seal took on a, a lawsuit that was between CPS Energy and NRG over the nuclear reactors. The two of them were calling each other all kinds of bad names, and conspiracy and fraud and uh, you name it. It was all in there because the two companies were falling apart over this nuclear deal. And Karen got in there and fought for all of the ratepayers of San Antonio. Made a huge difference, and you can read about it in this packet. Karen, thank you. This was not even part of her normal law practice, and she just went to bat for us. Thanks. Thank you very much. We, we have one more elected official who I want to recognize, Leon Valley Mayor Chris Riley. Thank you very much for coming. Mayor Riley has been a long-time member of the Alamo Group of the Sierra Club, as well as uh, she served a, in APOG as the Vice Chair of the Air Executive Committee, and has been really focused on protecting our air quality, so thank you, Mayor Riley. So, one beautiful thing about this event is there are so many faces I recognize in here, and then there are so many faces I don't recognize here. There are people who I remember from a long time ago who've been fighting the good fight, there are people who I don't recognize who maybe were involved in fighting the good fight before and, and paved the way for people like me. And then there are new faces here that have come and joined, you know, more recently and are here. And we're really glad to have you all here. And I want to make sure we're about to we're going to stop speeches for a little while. We're going to we're going to bring on the indigenous and have some live great live music. But um, as they're setting up, why don't we get everybody together in that corner and do a great big group photo? of all the people who have been involved, all the people who have joined on, all the people who are here to celebrate having healthier air in San Antonio and Bear County. If everybody come so yeah, over please, here. Yeah, please gather up this corner in front of the bye-bye dealing sign. Shouldn't be in this photo. That's okay. I'm streaming for uh, for okay. Facebook. 